You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast over here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, coverage, and insight and all things Broncos-related. Very stoked to be back again for another episode of the show with you guys here in Broncos country. I am your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network, as well as some video content over there, CodyRourkeNFL.com. A lot of cool things in store coming up here in the next couple of weeks, some video, film review, breaking things down live, and giving fans that don't know the game exactly the X's and O's, the positional standpoints, a little bit of insight and knowledge on that to help them identify things live during games. So a lot of things are going to be given back to Broncos country. You guys could also follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke. NFL. Today's episode of the show, we're going to keep it sweet, we're going to keep it short and simple, and we got some news around Broncos country pertaining to some former Broncos, as well as we hear from Broncos country in our Broncos thought of the day. In segment number one, they get to pick the Broncos opponent for week one and where do they play. We talk about some of the responses that we had gotten. We're also going to be sharing with our Locked On NFL mock draft here in segment number two what the pick was. And the professional panel put together by Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock, as well as the host of the Locked On, I can't tell you that because it's going to give my pick away, podcast for the College Network. And we're going to find out who the Broncos picked to pick number 10 in the Locked On NFL mock draft based on how the board had fallen. If you listened to yesterday's episode of the show, you figured out that number one, the Cardinals selected Nick Bosa. So that kind of changed the entire uh, draft board there a little bit, and it altered what other teams were planning on doing. So that realistically, the same thing could happen next week for the NFL draft. And in segment number three, we're going to hear from Broncos head coach, Coach Fangio, from yesterday as the Broncos kicked off their official veteran voluntary mini camp. We're going to hear from him on first day of practice, what it was like for him, obviously not being a defensive coordinator, a lot of good insight and gem from the guy in sweatpants, Coach Fangio, the guy that definitely, I'm very, very excited. He's the coach for the Broncos. I think he's just a laid back guy that is attention to detail. It's all about business, all about doing the right thing. And that's the one thing I think is going to translate. I think you're going to see it early on in the culture of the Broncos in games. Just I think we're going to see a different level of discipline based on how things are going right now. So very excited about that. So let's jump into our Broncos thought of the day. Week one, you pick the opponent. Where do the Broncos play and where? And guess what? I mean, the NFL schedule release is happening Tonight on the NFL Network, they're going to do a schedule reveal, but we're going to break down the Broncos' official 2019 schedule on Friday's episode of Lockdown Broncos with my man Mario Vitanzi. We're going to be talking down, breaking down each matchup, the primetime games, division games. We talked about it yesterday's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Hopefully the Broncos can avoid Green Bay and Buffalo in the months of December, but it's going to be fun breaking it all down on a big, jam-packed episode of Lockdown Broncos for Friday, so stay tuned for that. So our Broncos thought of the day, we asked Broncos country, where do the Broncos play? Do they play at home or do they play on the road? Who's their week one opponent? It's kind of a little fun game to get back and, and go through with Broncos country. And our first response comes from Jeff Stab at JC Stab. He says the Raiders at home, the second game of the Monday night football doubleheader. 
Think about how big that storyline would be because the Broncos, new head coach, new culture, you still have star power there. If the Broncos are bringing back Chris Harris Jr., that makes it even better for the matchup because you're going against the star power of Antonio Brown in the new look Raiders under John Gruden entering his second year as the Raiders head coach. Derek Carr with them, Antonio Brown, with as well as Tyrell Williams. And I think it's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Now, I, I think the Raiders are going to be much better than they were last year. And certainly with these additions, it definitely make interesting Monday Night Football. I mean, the Broncos and they've opened up Monday Night Football several times against divisional opponents. A couple years ago, he opened up at home Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Broncos in the past have also opened up on the road at Oakland for Monday Night Football. Go back to when Jay Cutler had his big, big game against the Raiders, connecting with Eddie Royal, who is a rookie. And he lit up the Raiders secondary. That was a fun Monday night football doubleheader game to open up the season. Could the Broncos open up the season again at home? Monday night football, we'll, we'll find out tonight whether that will be the case or not. So Jeff, he's got a prediction in Raiders at home as the second game of the back-to-back doubleheader game there. Greg Atkins, 1972, says Chiefs at home or at the Kool-Aid Stadium? But I don't know if it's going to be the Chiefs. Now, here's why. Some people have already started to leak bits and pieces here. According to several leaks around the NFL, not sure if this is official. Now, we'll find out tonight for sure on the schedule release, but it's rumored that the Chiefs will be opening up on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots in New England. So I'd keep an eye on that. That might be you know an interesting matchup, especially with the AFC Championship rematch. And what is the Chiefs going to look like? You know, what's the whole situation with Tyreek Hill? How's that going to play out? So I don't know if it's going to be the Chiefs at home, but we could see the Broncos in the earlier weeks maybe play the Chiefs. So we'll keep an eye on that. Randall, good morning football. And the OC says, going out on a limb, Bears at Denver. Fangio beats his old team right out the gate. That can't happen because it's going to be the Bears versus the Packers as the NFL game opener. The league announced that. So unfortunately, Randall, that's not going to be the matchup there. But you could see them play the Packers maybe week two. I don't know. Hopefully it's week two so you avoid that December snowy road trip. Shelby Huffman, an avid listener of Lockdown Broncos, always giving us some love and reviews on iTunes. Appreciate her for that. She says, Chargers at home, always a confidence booster to drive Phillip Rivers into the ground to kick off the season. Almost reminiscent of what the Broncos did a couple of seasons ago when they opened up at home against the Chargers. Shelby Harris had the game-winning blocked field goal. That game was stressful because the Broncos were dominating it all game long. Trevor Simeon, two touchdowns in the first half. I mean, he was looking real good in that season opener. But unfortunately, things just spiraled out of control for the Broncos as they collapsed that season. So yeah, that would be an interesting one. Definitely be cool to open up with a division rival. Get that out of the way too because your division games are so important. If you can come in and get some division wins right away, it gives you advantage in the race, especially as the Broncos have a very, very tough schedule. And then we have got uh, hashtag... PB MVP, hashtag Super Bowl 50 MVP, Vaughn Effin Miller. I love that. Uh, Chiefs at Kansas City. If we could take a game from them at their turf, boost team confidence 10,000 times. I agree, but I, I, like I said earlier, I think the rumored matchup right now, Sunday Night Football Week 1, is the Chiefs at New England. So we'll definitely see if that changes. Uh, Carl, Carl Jamin, Star Destroyer, he says, you have the Lions at home. Lions are my second favorite team, so getting that anxiety out of the way would be premium. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think the Broncos would open up. I mean, they could because we saw the Broncos open up you know, against a... Uh, 
I would say a non-division or a non-like consistent rival that they have. They opened up against Buffalo, I believe, back in 2007 when uh, Dominic Hickson was on the team and he suffered that very, very scary injury as a Bronco. And Jason Elam came out on the field with literally 10 seconds running down the clock. No timeouts for the Broncos. They go out, get the snap off with one second left. Elam boots it. Broncos win on the road in Buffalo. We could see that happen again. I wouldn't be surprised, but the Lions at home, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, I, I think it's a new opportunity because new coaching staff, new new kind of identity for both teams opening up on Monday Night Football or as their season opener. I mean, the Lions are going through all these changes. You still have Matthew Stafford, but the Broncos going through all these changes now with Joe Flacco. I would be okay with a Lions game at home for the Broncos, hopefully a primetime game. That's going to be my hope there. Uh, Randall, good morning football, kind of responded a little bit later, says, not sure who we're playing, but we will win. The Broncos have the best opening day weekend in the NFL. They're actually 39-19 and and have won seven straight since they beat the Seahawks last year, too. The Broncos have definitely opened up a lot of their season openers with a win, so that is an advantage to them. And then Vernie Faust says, away, Seahawks. I'm not, I don't, the Broncos don't play the Seahawks this year, I don't believe. I can't. I mean, we just went over the schedule, who their opponents are. I don't think I saw the Seahawks there, so that's not going to happen. The Broncos not playing the Seahawks at all in 2019. So, yeah, definitely a different one. I think you're thinking about the preseason game. Uh, that's not translating to the NFL regular season. So that'll be our segment number one, Broncos thought of the day. Broncos country answering the call, as always, predicting the schedule. We'll find out officially tonight what the schedule is. And like I said, on Friday's episode of Lockdown Broncos, we will have an official schedule breakdown with Mario Vitanzi in our well-adjusted segment. It's going to be a little bit of a longer episode than just 30 minutes, so I know a lot of Broncos fans, a lot of listeners are going to be very excited about that. So looking forward to that. Stay tuned with the schedule release as well. Coming up here in segment number two, we are going to hear from the Locked On NFL Mock Draft who the Broncos pick at pick number 10, the professional setup coming up in just a moment. Hawkinson, Oliver Burns going 7-8-9. That brings us to pick number 10 and the Denver Broncos. Cody Rourke standing by in the Denver War Room. Sitting at the 10th pick in this year's NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos will be looking to go best player available because they addressed some big needs in the offseason period of free agency. They traded Case Keenum away for Joe Flacco. They get a solidified quarterback there to go alongside Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. They brought back tight end Jeff Hireman on a two-year, $9 million deal. They've invested a little bit of money too in the offensive line with Juwan James at right tackle. This almost eliminates the Broncos' necessity to go offense with the 10th pick in this year's draft. There's not a lot of investment on the real estate side of things for the Broncos to go quarterback with pick number 10 in this year's draft. The Broncos are going to be looking to do that next season. So with that said here, the Denver Broncos are looking at picking between defense, best player available. The options on the table the Broncos had on their board was Devin White. He went early with the Oakland Raiders at pick number 4. Ed Oliver was the next guy on the Broncos big board that the Detroit Lions took with 8th. That leaves the Denver Broncos two select with pick number 10 in this year's NFL draft, Devin Bush. Inside linebacker out of Michigan who will provide Coach Fangio and Ed Donatel with range all across the field. He's a versatile inside backer that can cover tight ends, that can cover running backs out of the backfield. He's not at the level of Roquan Smith, according to Coach Fangio, but Devin Bush has the tools to be able to develop into a very, very big player for the team who needs help on the inside linebacking position alongside Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, somebody that can cover tight ends in the 
AFC West where you have Travis Kelsey, you have Hunter Henry. The Broncos have struggled to cover the tight end for a long portion of the last five seasons. Now they have an option that can develop and be a guy with 4-4 speed to cover tailback swinging out of the backfield in the ever-evolving offensive style of the National Football League, as well as those tight ends that like to line up in the slot or line up off the line of scrimmage. Devin Bush gives the Broncos an ace in the deck with pick number 10. Our second Wolverine now off the board in inside linebacker Devin Bush. Man, an undersized player being talked about as a second-round pick in mocks maybe a month ago before the Combine. He went to the Combine and almost went toe-to-toe with Devin White in those workouts just blazing 4-4 speed. I love Devin Bush. Completely worth a top-10 pick. Do you agree, Matt? Yeah, I could see this being the pick for sure. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking quarterback for Denver, but... uh, (laughs) I think after getting Flacco, Elway's seat's a little warm, and he might be living for today. And the key here is you got to remember who they hired as their head coach. I mean, Vic Fangio comes is now gets his shot as a head coach, but when he was defensive coordinator, really the, the teams that he was on very, very, very much stressed every down linebackers. You know, his Bears took Roquan Smith last year. Before that, he had like Bowman and Willis with the Niners. I mm-hmm. mean, he taxes those guys, and he needs high end production from that position so if white's there if bush is there i could absolutely see that being the pick i mean the head coach is gonna love those guys let's go to locked on wolverines host isaiah hole and get a little bit more info on the player that is devin bush at 5'11", a lot of people consider Devin Bush to be undersized, and that's something that he's actually used to his advantage. Now, the thing about him, though, is he has a freakishly fast 4.43 speed, as he showed out in the NFL Combine, to go along with his penchant for hard hitting and sideline-to-sideline side capability. He was the Michigan defense the last couple of years, and as we saw when Michigan played Florida, they missed him greatly, and Florida was able to attack in ways that other teams were not able to because Devin Bush wasn't there to basically clean up mistakes. He is the type of guy that you can put out there on the defense and you basically are taking away a lot of what offenses want to do because of his range, because of the fact that he is able to be so mobile and so fast, and not to mention he tackles through the player. He doesn't miss tackles. He really basically doesn't get burnt that often. You can even put him in coverage if you really, really need to. He's that type of player. Definitely want to give a shout out to Locked On Wolverines for the breakdown information on Devin Bush from the local expert in there who's watched Michigan play year after year. A lot of interesting news and notes, but ultimately we can see Devin Bush fall to the Broncos at pick number 10. With If the board goes the way that it's gone in this Locked On NFL Network mock draft, Devin Bush is a good pick for the Broncos. I mean, when you think about the offensive moves that the Broncos have made in terms of adding Joe Flacco and adding that right tackle, they've focused a lot on offense. Offense. Primarily, I think the biggest needs for the Broncos offensively come on the offensive line. They're not going to spend the 10th pick on that. So you look at best player available defensively, which has been the tune of the organization going back to since Coach Fangio had first gotten settled in and they started going through the whole process of analyzing where they're at as a team, which guys they may you know take a look at in free agency on their own team, guys that may resign out to make decisions on. They've been talking about best player available since the scouting combine. And for the Broncos, every indication right Right now points to that. And if Devin Bush is there at number 10 and guys like Ed Oliver, Devin White, or even Quentin Williams are not there, 
then Devin Bush seems like almost a surefire pick for the Broncos at pick number 10. Still a lot of skepticism. Don't think they're going to go quarterback at 10. So I want to thank the Locked On NFL Network for putting together an amazing Locked On NFL mock draft. Now, huge thing. Go back and watch episode one. If you want to hear, we're going to have Monday through Friday. Go back in episode one, part one. You get the first pick through pick six. Episode two for Tuesday's episode, you get... Pick seven through 13. And, and I tell you, it's huge. I mean, we still have three more days left of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. I know it's one thing I listen to at work. Each episode's up to an hour. You get all the expert opinions and analysis based on people that have watched them in college versus people that are analysts for the Draft Network. It is an amazing feature, and I encourage you guys to do that. But before we get into segment number three, coming up here in just a little bit, I want to tell you guys about some Broncos news that I know it's going to be, I'd say, 50-50 in terms of opinion on what Broncos country thinks about it, but there was some debate yesterday when it happened. The move became official. The New England Patriots have signed former Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, and I've, I've seen a lot of just negativity, hatred towards Demarius Thomas, a lot of people calling DT a traitor, and this is where I just want to put my hand up and say, hey, pump the brakes a little bit, because look, Demarius Thomas was traded by the Broncos to the Houston Texans. The Broncos traded away Demarius Thomas, so people have to like lose this this really confused idea on loyalty in sports because, look, people want to call Demarius Thomas a traitor for going to the Patriots. I I don't understand that because the Broncos parted ways with him. He had a choice. He went to Houston. He got hurt. They released him, and now he's free to sign with somebody else, and and that happens to be the New England Patriots, which I talked to somebody in the New England market last week when it was first reported that Demarius Thomas was visiting, and the conversation went along the lines that the Patriots really like him. They believe that he could add a lot of value to Tom Brady. There's ties there with Josh McDaniels, who was the head coach when the Broncos had initially drafted him, and there were some big plans for him. I mean, he's ahead of schedule on his rehab and physical therapy, and there's big plans for Demarius Thomas in New England, uh, you know, alongside Julian Edelman, they, they have to have that another receiving threat that they've lost with Gronkowski announcing his retirement. So not only do they have to look at tight end, the Patriots do, but they do add a wide receiver threat with DT. And this is going to be an interesting move because I think if DT is healthy, Tom Brady can have a lot of success with him. I think DT is going to finish his career in New England, whether it be this year or maybe two years, but I think ultimately when it's all said and done, Demarius Thomas is going to sign a one-day contract with the Broncos when he decides to hang it up and he's going to retire as a Bronco. He'll surely go into the Broncos ring of fame at some point and his time in Denver, we want to thank Demarius Thomas for his time and his contributions. Definitely will be missed and we we wish him the best. I mean, Ultimately, you know, you got all these people hoping that he fails. I've never understood that way of thinking. As an analyst, you you get excited for guys to go and continue to do whatever they can to propel their career and to continue on. And for Demarius Thomas, I mean, he gets to play with Tom Brady, and he's also played with Peyton Manning. I would say that's a pretty, pretty fun thing. And, and if I was a wide receiver in the NFL, if I had a chance to do that, and I'm sure if you had a chance to do that, you would take the same exact opportunity. So Demarius Thomas, mile high salute. Thank you for everything you've done for the Broncos. You still have a major, major piece of history going forward. So I want to thank Demarius Thomas for all of his time in Denver. And coming up here in segment number three, we're going to hear from Broncos head coach Vic Fangio as he met with the media on Tuesday to discuss the first day of veteran voluntary minicamp and what it means as a new head coach, whether or not it felt different from being a head coach to a defensive coordinator. A lot of insight, some good humor from the mastermind of the Broncos. 
Broncos head coach Vic Fangio met with the media on Tuesday following practice for the first practice of veteran voluntary minicamp. And he had a lot of insight to say, first off, how was the first day of practice for Coach Fangio? I felt good. It was good to get out there with the guys. You know, we've been meeting with them the last two weeks. So it was good good to get out there and see if they could uh, execute on their feet what they've been learning the last couple of weeks. And what Coach Fangio was referring to in the last couple of weeks is as the Broncos began their offseason voluntary workout program, which involves a lot of strength and conditioning. It also involves hours and hours upon meetings with positional coaches, group coaches, and obviously Coach Fangio addressing the team as always. So one of the biggest things too is installs. What are they, you know, have they been able to pick up a little bit about what they're learning? When you go in through and you sit in meetings, you're going to get a lot of information in terms of installs, but can you go out on the practice field and translate that? So for Coach Fangio, he made a bold observation at the beginning of the in the entire period before the Broncos actually got into camp. He wants to evaluate players with his own eyes. He doesn't want to go back and he doesn't want to look at film from last year because it's a new system. It's new terminology. It's a new scheme. and they, it, Players can comprehend things in different systems maybe easier than the ones they did prior. And it's all about simplifying things for Coach Fangio, Coach Donatel and his coaching staff. Coach Fangio wants them to understand the basics of their position. That goes back to fundamentals. Whether you're a cornerback, it's all about alignment. It's all about your hips, it's about footwork, it's being able to be in the right position, and especially if you're playing a cover three, what is your goal line? What is your landmark that you have to get? If it's a receiver, what does our stance look like? If it's a safety inside linebacker, are we aligned correctly in a proper formation based on our defensive line? Are we in an overfront? Are we in an underfront? Are we running 3-4? Are we aligned correctly based on what is in front of us and terminology compared to if a guy motions across, tight end lines up on the left side or the right side, and we change the strength call, how does that align to our coverage I know a lot of this right now might be confusing to some of you. If not, I yeah, hope you guys can, can enjoy what I'm talking about here. If not, we're going to have video content over at CodyWorkNFL.com. We'll go over stunts. We'll go over alignments, techniques for the defensive line, inside linebackers, everything else that you guys need to know. If you guys want to know more about the game of football, please send me a DM on Twitter. I'll be happy to do a live video with you, individualized one-on-one, to help you understand the game of football a little bit more from an X's and O's alignment scheme standpoint. I'll be happy to do that for you. But let's get back to Coach Fangio and some of the other thoughts he had on yesterday's first practice. You know, a lot of things. One being how well they've learned, how quick they can learn from their mistakes. They're going to make mistakes these first few days. And in OTAs, is do they repeat those mistakes? Uh, trying to see what kind of condition the guys are in on an individual basis, because that's a truth-telling sign out there, how they're getting through practice. And just want to see the execution be up to par. So as I said a little bit ago, it all goes back to the basics. And a lot of that, too, is are the guys in shape? That's one thing that Coach Fangio had mentioned to me I think is the most important is a guy in condition shape. They just had their offseason conditioning program, two weeks of lifting weights with Lauren Landers training staff, as well as sprinting and going through the sprints, the whole conditioning factor, making sure that, look, in a game we don't tire down. A lot of that is on the player, and it goes by Coach Fangio's emphasis on avoiding death by inches. So if a guy comes into OTAs or training camp unprepared, out of shape, then that is something that can lead to death by inches. So I like that about what Coach Fangio had to say. He want, that's some of the things he's measuring. And if you guys noticed, he also mentioned that guys are going to make mistakes. And he wants to see if guys 
that make mistakes right now, if they can correct those things once OTAs come around and you get into more involved, more mandatory type practices, you want to see if there's that carryover effect. So the Broncos are going to be filming every practice. They're going to be looking at it at a position by position basis. They're going to look at some team stuff. Now they can't go team O versus team D, but they can go some other stuff on air. But they want to evaluate whether or not players are picking up the new terminology and executing on a standpoint basis, as he had mentioned, in individual drills and position drills, little group sessions. They're going to have a lot of those over the next couple of days and leading up into next week following the NFL draft. Once practices become a little bit more mandatory, everything's voluntary at this point due to the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. But these are some good things that I like to hear about what Coach Fangio has to say. And I think Vance Joseph last year had said, you know, when guys are coming out, I just want to see if guys, you know, have that football step, have that bounce in their step. Coach Fangio is looking at this as an operational standpoint. And this is going to be how he measures and evaluates his coaches too, because a lot of it too is also on the coaches, not just on the players. Is Are the coaches teaching the right things that we want our guys to learn in our system? That is one thing that a head coach has to evaluate in the National Football League. One thing that was different with what Coach Fangio did on day one of practice yesterday was you saw that players were in their game jerseys, and there was an interesting little theory there. People were wondering, media questions were coming out like, you know, why why not practice jerseys? Coach Fangio's response was pretty good, and I'm all for it. But the whole reason we do that is um, to cut down on the grabbing. You know, when you wear the loose shirts, it's very easy. It's almost unavoidable for the players to grab each other in uh, when they're going against each other whether it be wideouts dbs the interior linemen it's just so easy to grab those loose, loose jerseys and it's not easy to grab in the game because they're tight so we want to make it game like as much as we can so that's why we practice with them when I was at training camp last year watching the Broncos practice, evidently everybody had a practice jersey on. And some of the things I noticed in the, the individual drills, the group drills, or the team drills where it was 11 on 11, you notice sometimes guys grabbing and pulling on those loose jerseys. Not only can that you know simulate to bad tackling in a game, which I think the Broncos had a lot of bad tackling last year on defense, which led to two back-to-back 200-yard rushers in Isaiah Crowell and Todd Gurley. But one of the things, too, you also also increase your risk for injury. Now, anytime there's loose jerseys, go back to playing football. I know in my playing days, when guys had loose jerseys, I could grab onto it and I could also swing them around there. Now, when you do that, you risk yourself because you're fully extended. If you're swinging and you're trying to pull somebody in, your elbow gets really exposed. That's where we see a lot of dislocated elbows, a lot of broken hands, a lot of broken arms. And that is definitely something that I think the Broncos want to avoid. But Coach Vangio said, we want to simulate game-like situations. In games, jerseys are going to be tight. They're not going to be loose. And that helps us, I'd say, shore up on a lot of those mistakes that we saw last year with the Broncos. So I think maybe there's a science behind it. You can attribute maybe looking at the Broncos tackling last season in a lot of games. And maybe that was due to the fact that they were grabbing a lot during training camp. So definitely, Coach Fans, you're trying to get rid of some of those little things that could plague the Broncos in 2019. But he also gave an update on Broncos running back Philip Lindsay and his condition coming back from wrist surgery that he suffered from a season-ending injury against the Raiders Monday Night Football on Christmas Eve last year. Gave a little bit of an update to him, and he describes Philip Lindsay as being fine. He's still under... Um 
you know, the medical people's orders. You know, he's fine, but he can't just twist that thing right now. Good news for Philip Lindsay. I mean, at this point, a voluntary, you don't want to put him in a situation where he can re-injure himself. And the Broncos are also giving Bryce Callahan a little bit of rest, too. He had, you know, foot surgery in December for a broken foot. Coach Fangio says he's fine. I mean, at this point, he'd be ready to go. But he wants to give him some time in individual periods before getting him into the mix things. He wants to give him a few more weeks to get more healthy to come back fully prepared for the offseason grind. He also gave a little bit of an update on Chris Harris Jr. He said he hadn't talked to Chris Harris Jr. since the start of the voluntary camp. And he understands that Chris Harris, you know, during this time, it happens every year. This is something that happens in the National Football League every season. It's part of the NFL landscape, according to head coach Vic Fangio. So the Broncos monitoring that situation, but all is well right now. Broncos football's in the air. It's cool seeing the Broncos throw the gear on, the helmets, the pads, and as well as the jerseys. That means we're one step closer to Broncos football. And Broncos country, guess what? We're going to be there for training camp. We're going to be there for everything. We're going to be heading out there to Philadelphia June 29th for Will Parks football camp. Very excited about that. But after that, we have training camp in July. I can't wait to bring you guys some exclusive Broncos content coverage and player interviews throughout the NFL regular season. This is your number one go-to for all Broncos-related info on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the show. We'll be back tomorrow as we hear from more media members. We're going to hear from Rich Scangerello on how the Broncos offensive scheme is going along so far during veteran minicamp.